Hunter Dickinson has found a new landing spot. Syracuse basketball is still in search of next year's center. Plus, we look to Twitter to ask a few more questions heading into the weekend on your Friday episode of Locked on Syracuse. We are covering a little bit of everything going into Saturday and Sunday, so let's waste no time. Let's get right after it. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. A lot to talk about today. No really tremendous news story. Uh, and we didn't have an episode yesterday for Thursday. And even with the gap between episodes, really nothing drastic happened. So we're going to hit on a little bit of a lot heading into the weekend just to make sure that we cover everything that needs to be covered before we take two days off. Uh, and we'll see what happens heading into Monday. Uh, but the biggest story in the last 48 hours has been Hunter Dickinson finding a landing spot uh, that is notably not in Syracuse. And I think a lot of people are well aware uh, that that wasn't necessarily a likely possibility. But um, there was a phone interview, Syracuse in talks with him. He's the number one transfer in the portal, right? Everyone's in talks and everyone wants to. Uh, and not everyone necessarily got uh, a, a phone interview or a phone conversation. So uh, you can thank Brennan Strawn for that, the Team Takeover Connection Dickinson. Played for Team Takeover Strawn, Syracuse's new assistant coach. Coach for Team Takeover. Got you in the door a little bit. Opened up a conversation. Didn't go your way. Uh, that is what it is, right? When you look at it, Hunter Dickinson is the only player in the portal that, you know, per everyone's metrics, per everyone's rankings, Dickinson is the only center in the portal that is an upgrade from Jesse Edwards. And, and that is the reality that is starting to set in is we are, barring uh, a big jump from somebody, going to see a downgrade at center next season. And that is the reality of Syracuse basketball right now is that when you lose a guy like Jesse Edwards, who I'm not necessarily sure anybody, I know I personally didn't, had him as a top five transfer in the portal. That's not what I sort of saw him as. But when you think of it, you put it into perspective of, you know, a veteran center, four years of experience, two years as a starter in the ACC, finding success. Centers are hard to come by, and good centers and solid centers and centers that can score are hard to come by. And so I do sort of understand why Jesse has boosted and is warranting such a high ranking and did warrant such a high ranking throughout his transfer process. But with Dickinson committed, and he lands in Kansas, and I will tell you this, I personally uh, I think Kansas is outstanding. Uh, I was a big Christian Brown fan when he was playing with them and they won the Natty. Uh, I like this team right now. And it's a good fit for Dickinson. I would assume, right, when you look at a lot of these veteran guys looking for a new place to go, you consider some things like 
Can I win a championship in my final season? What kind of role am I going to play? And as mentioned by a number of outlets, right, Kansas has traditionally been one of those schools that utilizes a big man pretty effectively. Uh, and he's going to have a high role and an important role and be able to compete uh, for a championship and is very easily a Final Four contender now with Kansas, if not a natty contender. And so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you're going for a year or two and, and you're trying to 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 win something in this new landing spot uh, as you continue on in your career. But now it sort of puts Syracuse back in this conversation. Not that they were out of this conversation, but you are looking for someone, right, to come in. And, and you're looking for someone that can be that immediate impact guy. And right now uh, it is Friday. So um, Naheem McLeod, the Florida State Center, or former Florida State Center, is visiting Syracuse this weekend. And the way I'm sort of personifying things, that's not the right word, uh, grouping things at this point in time, is I think McLeod is here. And I, I'm going to rank people in terms of better than McLeod or worse than McLeod. Uh, and that's sort of the threshold that I'm looking at. Because I think McLeod to Syracuse is is plausible at this point. It would make some sense. I mentioned this earlier this week. I do like the fact that he's coming from the ACC uh, and knows a lot about the conference and the opponents and the style of play and things like that. I do like that in terms of the experience. Are you looking for someone with a little bit more offensively? Yeah, definitely. Uh, is McLeod going to be solid defensively? I think so. I don't think the drop-off that you're going to see uh, between Jesse and McLeod is defensively. I think McLeod, you know, he's a known shot blocker. I believe Mike McAllister mentioned in an interview yesterday that if you expand McLeod's block percentage off or blocks off for a 40-minute span uh, compared to Jesse, McLeod averages more blocks per game, blocks more shots. Does thing Do things always you know, transfer perfectly? No. But uh, based on the math, McLeod blocks more shots per 40 minutes. I think defensively, you, you could see close to a net zero. Not really a plus, not really a negative. You're getting what you saw from Jesse. And I will say this, there are a number of instances last season where myself and I know a number of others were a little bit frustrated with Jesse's defensive performances and wanted to see a little bit more out of him, especially in those physical games. He seemed to struggle uh, to be able to compete. So defensively, you're not seeing that issue. But right now, you look offensively, that is a drop-off. You know, you're going from a guy that's averaging 10 to 15 a game to a guy that's averaging three or four uh, in 11 minutes at Florida State. Now, you extrapolate uh, and you do the same thing. Say Jesse plays 30 minutes a game and averages, you know, 12 points. 11 minutes at three points a game. You bring that to 30, you're close to nine or 10 points a game. So, I don't know. He's definitely a drop-off in terms of offense, but I, I, I do think the defense can hold its own. And in terms of experience, uh, there aren't really other ACC centers that are, are up on the table in terms of that conference experience and knowing that, which 
you know, you can say I'm, I'm overhyping that and saying it means more than it should, but I do think that that is very, very valid in terms of a reason why you should like Naheem McLeod at this point in time. Uh, but on a visit now, uh, some good thoughts with that, right? I mentioned it. How much do you want to read into the fact that this is the first visit? How much do you want to read into the fact that right now there aren't other visits scheduled? I think they're decent signs. They're not telltale by any means, but they are some good signs. Uh, let's take a quick break. On the other side, before we take some of your questions from Twitter, there is another former Syracuse basketball recruit that has recently hit the transfer portal. We'll talk briefly about him, and then we will take a look at some of these questions from Twitter. But before that, let's talk a little bit about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, you need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You got to try this. If you're like me, I'm trying to make some healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs, they're amazing and they're healthy. Seriously, they're so good you won't think they're good for you. You got to try them. Why are they so good? They're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. They're not bamboozling you. They're giving you the real stuff. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. I don't know how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, and they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein for a while. You had to wait around to get a box. Years and years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Well, you can still get your specialty flavors over at Built.com. So head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club or Built.com, and then you can thank me later. All right, we talked on your Lockdown Syracuse Friday episode about Hunter Dickinson committing to Kansas and transferring over to Kansas. Notably, the second player in the last few months that Kansas has snagged from Syracuse. Now, snagged, you know, in quotes, but you look back to Marcus Adams Jr., uh, Syracuse heavily recruiting him. Things looked good. We had him on the pod. If you missed that episode, be, feel free to check it out. Uh, ends up going to Kansas. Dickinson, a bit more of a long shot, as you probably know, to come to Syracuse, but ends up at Kansas as well. Uh, we talked a little bit about McLeod, and I mentioned that McLeod is sort of my new threshold in terms of, I see McLeod as a capable replacement of Jesse. Not that he is going to come in and be the same player Jesse was or outperform Jesse. I don't think that's the case. But I see McLeod as right now a feasible option. And so with feasible options and plausible options, I think that is why I set him as sort of the threshold right now. And there is a new name that has sort of entered things uh, with regards to uh, the transfer portal and those Syracuse connections, right? You look at guys that Syracuse has recruited in the past uh, because it's easier to rekindle than to, to start a fire brand new. Uh, and that is a guy in Ashton Smith, notably um, the second uh, Texas A&M big that we, we talk about on the show because um, you've got Javante Brown Ferguson uh, out of A&M transferring as well. But uh, this is a guy in, in Ashton Smith who Syracuse recruited out of high school. He's a Texas guy, three-star center. Um, he ends up going to A&M. He redshirted two years ago, and he didn't play this season. 
So we're, we're talking about them because there is a connection in the past and we're looking for a center. Not that I've seen Syracuse reach out to him yet, but that is, is something that, that you have seen and something that I feel like you need to note at least as we continue the ongoing discussion of, you know, who can be the guy that Syracuse brings in to be the center at this point in time or to supplement the centers, whatever you want to say. Unfortunately, if we look at that tier situation, he is a tier below McLeod very clearly as he didn't play last season, haven't really seen much about him since high school. Uh, and, and it's hard to make that judgment. Uh, in terms of guys above McLeod, in terms of that threshold, I think Musa Cisse is, is above that threshold. I think he is better than McLeod. Um, I think Javante Brown Ferguson, I'm going to put slightly below McLeod. Uh, Jamarion Sharp, uh, a guy from West Kentucky I've talked about a few times, I think is a step up from him. I don't know. Abu Usman, who committed to, to Xavier at this point in time, was a step up, um, but you didn't quite get that to work out. Uh, so a few of your step ups are, have, have found homes, right? Dickinson was clearly a step up. Your step ups have found homes, except for Cisse at this point, unless he, he committed and I missed that. Um, there are a few people below him, but I know people weren't entirely stoked about McLeod when I did that episode about him earlier this week. But right now, you, you got to look at, you know, the, the writing on the wall here and, and seeing what exists and who is out there that Syracuse is in talks with and want to come to Syracuse. And I think a very big sign for me in terms of trying to find things that I like about players is McLeod seems excited about Syracuse. Uh, you said he likes the dome. He likes the atmosphere of it. He likes the fan base, the community, things like that. And genuinely liking Central New York or Syracuse. I don't know if he likes Central New York, but he seems interested in Syracuse. He seems like there's an excitement factor to Syracuse and, and the limited stuff that I've seen from him. Um, thankfully, seems like we might get a decent weekend weather-wise so he doesn't have to deal with the miserableness that was the last week. Um, but we'll see what happens. That's sort of – McLeod is the likely guy at this point in time. Uh, and that's sort of what it comes down to is you're, you're going to see barring something happening, right? And, and this seems like the most likely option. McLeod will probably, of the group that you're looking at right now and group that you're talking about right now, McLeod will probably be the one that would come to Syracuse. All right. Let's take a look over at Twitter and a few people reach out asking about some questions. Uh, to cover on today's episode. Uh, I got one from Noah Blanchard that is probably an episode in and of itself. So I'm going to hold on to that one, and that's realistic expectations for football and basketball next year. Uh, that sounds like an episode. So I'm going to hold on to that one, throw it in the back pocket. But there are a few more, uh, and the first one to talk about, we'll stick with basketball to begin, is – a combo. You've got Carl Mintz, who wants to just talk about Judah Mintz, uh, and then Boy Celery Stick, who wants to talk about guards that SU is interested in if Judah goes to draft. Uh, so we'll talk right now. We'll lead with Judah. Right now, what I have seen from Judah Mintz in terms of 
the lay of land is Judah has until June to make this decision. Judah has the combine before that. It's the NBA combine. So the G League combine, we don't know. I asked Carl, I don't know how you're related to Judah, if you're related to Judah. I just assume that you are. If he's got any news to share, no beans on that one, but worth a shot. Um, at this point in time, I'm looking at rankings. I'm looking at big boards. I've seen him ranked anywhere from 29th on a big board to not on a big board with 100 players. There's a lot of parity in terms of where Judah falls on NBA big boards. If he's 29, it's a first-round mark. If he's, I've seen him at 60. I've seen him at 50. If he's 60, if he's 50, that's late second. That's question mark whether or not you get drafted. Uh, so it's a lot of, you know, reading into which of these metrics are, you know, going to be the most accurate, the most telling. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the bigger draft coverage uh, groups only do first round mocks. And I'm not seeing Judah in first round mocks unless I missed one of those. So I think he he's still in that some point in the second round caliber that, you know, we've seen and heard talked about for the last couple of months. What you do with that info and what you do with the info that you get from a combine is still up in the air, right? What are you going to get told from NBA execs? What are you going to be told from scouts, from anybody, from coaches, staffs, whoever, throughout that process? That's going to be a big thing. That's going to be the big question. And we don't know right now. And I think that's putting Syracuse in an interesting spot, right? You don't necessarily need to go out and get another guard if Judah is coming back. If Judah isn't coming back, I think everyone in the fan base wants you to, uh, to find somebody else. And probably rightfully so. And that brings us into the second part of this. How do you replace Judah? Are there names that Syracuse has talked to? Who do I want? Things like that. And quite frankly, I don't know at this point in time. I'm not necessarily sure who Syracuse is in talks with guard-wise. I've been following the center spot very closely. I have not necessarily done the same for the guards, but I do keep an eye on it, and I haven't really seen anyone. Most notably, Syracuse has gone out and gotten guards in the portal to either replace or supplement Judah Mintz's production. They went out and got J.J. Starling, a top 10 transfer on many metrics for this year. They went out and got Chance Westry, a guy with a very, very high ceiling uh, that can come in and be a big-time contributor uh, coming off an injury and playing at full strength once again. The guys that I wanted, you know, in terms of connections, you look at Khalif Battle, Tyus Battle's brother, uh, who has found a new home. You look at a guy in Charles Pride, Liverpool native. I got a Liverpool shirt on today. Uh, the Liverpool guy who went to Bryant for four years, transferred, announced last week uh, that he is going to St. Bonaventure. I would have liked him. Uh, I think he's an upgrade from Simon Torrance very clearly. 
Uh, I like what he does. I, you know, maybe I'm a little biased. I went to school with him, graduated high school uh, a year before him, uh, know him decently well. Uh, he is one of my favorite guards to watch play basketball because of how aggressively he rebounds, his ability to distribute, his ability to defend. I think it would have been a huge addition to this squad. He's found a new home. Haven't really seen many more names rumbling around that Syracuse is in talks with, which maybe that is indicative that Syracuse thinks Judah's coming back. Or maybe that's, you know, I believe Mike Waters over at Syracuse.com put out an article today talking about how maybe that's just them giving Judah the respect of, hey, you know, do your thing, make your decision, and we'll figure out our part afterwards. We are reaching a point, though, right? It is. May the 5th, uh, Revenge of the 5th, if you're into those Star Wars May puns. Um, what happens there, right? Where we've got three, four weeks left until June hits. That's decision time. I got a couple of weeks before the combine, which I think happens in the teens of May. All right, so it's, it's getting to crunch time and you're gonna have a decision pretty soon but the portal is not open forever. And so you're sort of taking a peek and, and, and wondering what's going on at this point in time. Uh, very good questions. Questions we will continue to ponder. Carl, I will cover Judah as much as I can. Uh, I know you like that. Uh, so I'll take a look, see what I can find. Uh, I feel like you know more than me in this situation. Um, but we'll see uh, what happens with regards to Judah Mintz. Uh, and one of the combines, uh, as we we get closer and closer to that decision time uh, to either declare and stay in the draft process or to return to Syracuse, where I'm sure there will be some very, very solid NIL opportunities for him and the potential to have one hell of a season in Orange before doing that thing uh, a second time around next season. I'm also going to throw this out there because I, I know I didn't necessarily answer the targets question in the portal. I don't think Syracuse is dead if they don't get another guard and Judah leaves. Between JJ, Chance Westry, uh, I like Quadir Copeland a lot. I think he's got a huge jump or the potential for a huge jump in him. There's the possibility, right, of Justin Taylor making that shift. I think if Judah leaves, Justin Taylor will make that shift a lot more solidified. If Judah stays, Justin will probably stay at the three. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, one more question to wrap things up today um, is going to be from Dominic Valeriati talking about the offensive lineman from Kentucky that SU offered and also talking about the quarterback from Charlotte that Syracuse has offered as well. So we'll talk with the Kentucky transfer. That's David Wallabo. He is a junior, notably, uh, because dad played at Syracuse in the early 90s and then made his way to the NFL, played in a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, and I believe, I think it was Mike McAllister's article, mentioned, you know, I'm not great with my NFL history from before I was born, um, signed what was at the time uh, the biggest 
contract or the richest contract in NFL history for a center. Um, so he's got the family thing. Dad saw success at Syracuse. Uh, and, and this is a guy that, you know, was talked highly of heading into last season at Kentucky, was was in a fight for uh, a starting role, ended up not gaining that starting role, played eight games last year, started one of them. But, you know, you got to do some replacing. You, you got to replace the guy in Matthew Bergeron. You got to replace, and you always want O-line depth, as we have learned in the ACC. When you go through the gauntlets that are, you know, those, those close in, in weeks games with Notre Dame and, and Clemson and, you know, your, your Florida States, uh, Miami's, whoever in the ACC, where you're playing those programs that are getting those big time recruits. The O-line goes through a beating and having depth, whether you think he's a starter, reserve guy or not, is paramount. And Syracuse has expressed that in the portal this year, because really those are the primary additions that Syracuse has gotten outside of a cornerback or two, right? The additions have been on the O-line. I think he'd be a beneficial asset. Having the connection from dad is outstanding. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's not a ton uh, that I've heard so far, um, but I do know that you know, Syracuse is by no means the best program in the mix. But what Syracuse can offer is probably more playing time, more snaps than programs like Oklahoma, which uh, were mentioned uh, that he would probably be uh, trying to visit as well. But Syracuse is trying to get him on campus soon, is in theory making a visit in the near future next week. Uh, was what I, I was told or what I heard or what I read, whatever you want to say. Uh, so look for that next week. Look for a little bit more news. Um, the newer one is an offer that was put out to the former Charlotte quarterback, Xavier Williams, who is also a redshirt freshman right now. So would come in with three years of eligibility. And as you know, Syracuse is, is in the jackpot in terms of quarterbacks right now. You got Garrett Schrader, whose time in Orange is not forever, and you need to start looking at what's next. Right now you got Carlos Del Rio Wilson, and that is it. Right? Are you shifting Dan Valari back? I don't think so. You need a quarterback. And Xavier Williams is the type of guy that can come in and compete with Del Rio Wilson next season and compete with Del Rio Wilson for that backup role and compete for a starting role when the time comes. He's got a, a very solid skill set. Um, and at this point in time, the offer sheet is, is not gigantic, which you could say is a bad sign because it means that not, you know, upper programs aren't wanting him. But I think for Syracuse, it's a good sign because we're not landing recruits over other programs. Kent State was offer number one. Uh, UCF is also there. I believe he's visiting uh, UCF this week. Uh, let me check the dates here. Uh, this week, I believe he's visiting UCF. Uh, he saw one more um, offer since we offered him, and it's slipping my mind right now. I'm trying to type into Twitter uh, as we go through this. 
Xavier Williams, where is he at? Where is he at? This is not him. Multiple players with that name. How about that? Uh, I'm going to lose that last offer for now. That'll be what it is. Um, but there's one more, I believe, in the mix. We'll see. We will continue to follow that, see what happens. Maybe there's a visit to Syracuse uh, in the near future. But that'll do it for our Friday episode. Talked a little bit about Dickinson. Talked a little bit about McLeod. Talked a little bit about some new potential guys in the mix. Talked some Judah Mintz. Talked some football recruiting. And we will talk our way into the weekend. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Freaking available wherever you get your podcasts. And now uh, offered on the SiriusXM app. We are partnering now with SiriusXM. Uh, so keep an eye out for that, seeing if there's any more uh, that might be lingering uh, in terms of what next year's seasons uh, might involve for SiriusXM. But big news for Lockdown with that one. That'll do it for today. I'm Owen Valentine. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Be kind. Make somebody smile. Uh, do the right thing. Have a great weekend. Enjoy what should be uh, the best weather we've had in a few days. So get outside. Uh, have a good one. I'll see you on Monday. Peace.